Alongside former Major League pitcher Josh Towers, I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is the Major League Baseball Podcast presented by Pregame.com. Thank you for tuning in here on the Straight Out of Vegas podcast feed as we are halfway, maybe a little bit more than halfway, depending, done with the divisional series in the Major League Baseball postseason. Here's where we stand right now. There are games scheduled for tonight as well as uh, on Wednesday, the series now shifting locations from the site of the home teams going now to the road team. So here's where we're at right now. Game starting tonight. We have the Astros at the Twins as the series shifting to Minnesota. They are split at a game apiece. We have the Orioles at the Rangers later on tonight where Texas holds a two games to none lead. Tomorrow we will have the Braves at the Phillies. That series is split at a game apiece. And the Dodgers at the Diamondbacks with Arizona leading two games to none. Looking at those results, Josh, just based off the first two games of each series, which outcome has surprised you the most? Uh, and don't say the Diamondbacks because you and I picked the Diamondbacks to win this series. No, I, you know, again, we went out of yesterday with some people. The Diamondbacks are the one, like, we've been on in both games as well. I, mean, yeah. I think you did as well, right? Um, they, that's the least surprising probably all of it. We had them beating Milwaukee, which I don't think many mm-hmm. people did. And then coming into this, like, you and I sat here and talked about what are the Dodgers doing pitching wise? What is their starting pitching going to look like? They don't. They didn't have like any consistency with it. They have a whole bunch of guys that they don't really know if they can trust or not. And then what you got to understand is even yesterday with Miller, like I looked at all the stats. Like he's really good. He's gone deep. Mm-hmm. But pitching in the regular season, when your team is clinched or when you're like have this comfortable lead, and you're getting your feet wet, like it's so different than you're thrust into the postseason where you can't lose. Like we don't get in these situations mentally where I can't lose. And again, the veterans have learned to kind of simmer that. Well, we saw him yesterday. The adrenaline hikes up to a level we don't experience. The ball elevates. It's flat. Again, doesn't matter if it's 110. If it's flat, it just sits there. Um, And then you start to press and you start changing your levels where you're pitching off of different levels. And so the balls are mimicking each other and hitters have a easier time taking pitches or jumping on pitches. And so without having a lot of guys who had consistency or have playoff experience, the Dodgers were in a bad place. And the Clayton Kershaw thing, like, I honestly, man, like, as much as I had Arizona, I thought I thought Clayton would do well. Mm-hmm. But then when, you know, we and I discussed, we kind of looked at his Arizona stats and his, and his Colorado stats. Well, it's the same thing in the postseason. Those three places, he's always seemed to struggle, and it was no different. Kind of surprising how bad it was, but no different. But I don't think... That's a surprise. Philly's blowing a 4-0 lead was a massive surprise to Wasting me. Wasting a Zach Wheeler start. Wasting the start. Massive surprise. Um, I, I did think Arizona was going to blow it when they pulled Zach Gallon. I mean, he's facing, um, who's the left-handed outfielder? Hayward. He's mm-hmm. the worst hitter in the game. He struck out almost every at-bat so far. Zach has his number. That, through the bottom of the lineup, Zach has dominated, and he pulls him for a lefty, which you know they're going to pinch hit. I would rather have Hayward in the lineup if I'm the opposing team, over Taylor or anybody else all day. Mm-hmm. So I thought that Arizona was possibly going to pull the Philadelphia there. But Philly blowing that game was not good for the morale. Um, Baltimore is 100% what we expected. Yeah. I think Minnesota's the surprise. The fact that they that they won mm-hmm. game two in Houston. Correa they, they, they look yeah. so much better. Correa, and, and Correa was great in that game, and they're going to have all the mojo. It's Today at home. Things. It's the little things he's mm-hmm. doing that mm-hmm. people don't understand. It's the behind-the-scenes stuff. We, we get caught up in these three for four. We get caught up in all these, you know, that, that Turner double play yesterday was amazing, right? We get caught up on, like, the highlight real stuff, and it's the little stuff that people don't understand that he's doing behind the scenes mm-hmm. that puts them in a position to succeed along with the rest of his team. Something that Twins teams haven't had in the past is no. a guy with that experience. So how about him? I thought about him as well. He signed with uh, the Giants. I know. The medical, yeah, the sign with the Mets. Same doctor. And then winds up going back to Minnesota. Like the make, only team that will have him. The only team that makes the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. Uh, before we get into the games for tonight, I want to talk to you about the topic that everybody seems to be debating. And that's the idea that the playoff format is detrimental to the top teams. That 100-win teams like the Dodgers and the Orioles having to sit a week and wait to play is hurting them. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so but these conversations weren't I didn't hear these before last week. <laughs> right? You and I talked about how days off in baseball is bad for teams. Yep. 
I play the game. We don't sit. Give me a day every now and again. That's it. We play every single day. And if you want the best version of any position, they have to play every day. You and I discussed this already. So I knew that, and you knew that this was not good for it's baseball. That's why we picked both but the Rangers us, and the, the Diamondbacks. 100%. <laughs> and so all of a sudden it's working against these number one seed teams. And now people are starting to go, oh, we're crying about it. Listen, hindsight's twenty twenty. You can't cry after the fact. You have to understand that this is the way it is. And it has to be addressed beforehand. I don't like it. But it is what it is. And then you heard Tori Lovello go out and give an interview talking about, and I didn't understand the topic because I didn't catch the whole thing. But Tori was talking about how everybody was saying how because of the structure, the Braves should have faced the worst team, which was Arizona, and they should have faced them mm -hmm. so they can just roll them. And he was pissed off saying, you're not giving you know some of us enough credit for how good we are and we had these meetings and stuff. It also makes me think the Dodgers are going to win game three because of that interview. But – Somebody's addressing this otherwise, too, where they feel like, you know, <clears throat> Atlanta sits around. They should get a worse team and not. But again, See, that is what it is. I kind of agree with that in, in a way. And I'm not saying that they should reseed in the postseason. Or, no. Uh, I, I just think that there needs to be a bigger reward for winning your division. The Major League Baseball season is a marathon. And at one point, before the expanded postseason, it just used to be the two pennant winners, right? Uh -huh. The best record in the American League played the best record in the National League, and that's who went to the World Series. And people that are of a certain age that are listening don't, don't – they're like, what? There was no playoffs? No. There was no – that's why whenever you look at, like, postseason records, Can't. it's like, do you realize yesterday when Travis Darnot hit his homer, he now has the second most home runs for a catcher in postseason history behind Jorge Posada. And it's like, you think about it, it's like, well, all these Hall of Fame catchers in history, they didn't have playoffs. They just had the World Series. Like, it, So just think about that. The regular season, Major League Baseball, 162 games. It's never. It's, it's, it's never a marathon, be. and it used to be the reward was if you, if you were the winner in the regular season, that's who went to the World Series. We then expanded the playoffs. Okay, we have divisions. You win the divisions. You go to the postseason. We gave the wild card now. Now we gave another. It's like we're now expanding the playoffs to a point where it's actually, I don't want to say it's not beneficial, but there's no reward for winning your division I've, I've, and being the best team in baseball. I've harped on this forever. I've harped on it. Well, here's first off, the first statement is, we're, again, we can't look at comments on social media. Because sure. there's always going to be too many talking heads, and there's going to be pros and cons on everything regardless. There, it's irrelevant chatter, right? We don't need to ever look at it. We have to make our decisions based on what we feel is best for the game at the time. There's always going to be people crying about the number one seed losing. Well, they shouldn't have. They shouldn't have had to face the four seed when they could have faced a five seed, and they would have definitely beat. No, they wouldn't have. No, they wouldn't. We don't know that, right? We have format for format for a reason. If, if, the, if the number one seeds lose, somebody's always going to cry. Just because you are the best team in the regular season doesn't mean you are the best team. Mm -hmm. You and I talked about how we felt this Philadelphia team and this Braves team were equal, 50-50. Yep. That's how I thought coming in. We talked about how we thought Arizona was better than Milwaukee. Listen, just because your record is the best record in baseball, you guys don't play the same exact teams. You don't play at the same places. You don't deal with the same injuries. I, here, we'll go to the standings real quick. Houston is 51 and 30 on the road. Yeah. I don't know who they played on the road. They could have played awful teams all year and dominated them. They're 39 and 42 at home. They could have played all 500 teams at home. I don't know. I didn't go through the whole schedule, right? We don't know the exact structure. So it's not fair to say because you had the best team that you're by far the best team. It's not, it's not necessarily how this works. The addition of continuing to add to the postseason, to add these extra, we have an extra team this year, right? Um, I just hope that we stop becoming followers. You know, we've been leaders for so long. We have the best union in the world, et cetera. We don't need to continue to follow the NBA mm -hmm. and follow these other ones. Where which it's is just, that, that's what they're doing. It's it's, a, it, this was the first year of the balanced schedule, bro, which means every team played every team. We, yeah, I don't need and that. And that's what the NBA and I NHL did. I, I don't need that. That's yeah. stupid because then why do we have an American They took away division league? games, yeah. I don't, my two World Series winners should never play each other in the season. That's what makes it the World Series. That's I what know. makes it so cool. The interleague play changed everything. It changed, now it changed. it's even gone beyond. I don't. With the DH now. You don't have to DH. do anything to win. If you're under 500, like, I don't think you should be in the postseason, right? Yeah. So to continue to add these things and like reward teams for not doing well. We play 162 effing games. Mm -hmm. Do you know how hard this is? 
to stay focused for six months plus spring training to earn a spot. And then you play 161 games, and on that 162, you blow it and you don't make it. Go home and wear that feeling to make you better yeah. and your team better. That's what we what we do. That's what it's all about. And to reward teams for not having to feel that type of stuff, I'm not a fan of. I don't need half the league making the postseason. I don't think it's fair. So I think we need to kind of alter and stop and keep it maybe where it's at and not a, adjust maybe if you if you want to adjust like whatever, the the, the rankings. I don't care. Here, here's don't my change. Don't add no more teams. We don't need this. No, no, here, Earn it. Here's my change. You keep the second – you keep the three wild cards. And this is how I would change the Major League Baseball postseason. Now, if you guys want to vote for me for Major League Commissioner, go right ahead because I'll take the job. Yeah. All right. I, you know, I'll, we'll talk to Manfred. We'll get him out. I'll slide in the office. You know, Josh, I'll, I'll get you a job in the office. It's fine. You know, you don't have to move to New York. I'll get you a job in the office. Thank You'll you. be okay. Thank you. Uh, you know, maybe like uh, president of enforcement or something. Whatever. You know, you can you can go through like the the sticky stuff rules. We'll and, figure that and out. And let me say whatever I want. Don't put, yeah, don't put a gag yeah. order on me. Thank you. Here's how I would fix the Major League Baseball postseason. Instead of the number one wild card and number two wild card playing each other with the third wild card playing against the third place division winner, I would have the numbers two and three wild cards play each other in a one game wild card. The number one wild card team then has to play against the third division team, right? So you're the third division team. You play the, the best wild card. But what this ensures is that the number one seed in the league is going to get either the two or three wild card. So they're going to face a lesser opponent. Mm-hmm. And that opponent only plays one game. Now, the other wild card series can be as it is, which is the, the th- best two out of three. And all three games are at the division winner's place. Right. So we don't change that. We just change who plays who. So if it were in place this season, in in the in the in this postseason, here's how it would look: instead of the Rays playing the Rangers in a wild card series, and the Blue Jays having to play against the Minnesota Twins, it would have been the Minnesota. It would have been the Rangers playing against the Blue Jays in one wild card game, with the winner then having to go play against the Baltimore Orioles. Gotcha. And it would have been the top wild card team, the Tampa Bay Rays playing a two of three series all three games in Minnesota. In the National League. I got you there. In the National League, instead of it being the Phillies playing against the uh weakest division winner, um instead of the me, instead of the Phillies playing the second wild card winner, which was the Marlins in two out of three, and the Diamondbacks playing the weakest division winner in the Brewers, it would have been Marlins Diamondbacks in a one winner take all wild card game and the Phillies in a best two of three at the Milwaukee Brewers, mm-hmm. all three games in Milwaukee. This way, the number one seed in the Atlanta Braves gets the winner of the one game between the lesser wild card teams, the Marlins and the Diamondbacks. But that's that how I would do this, it. Right? Hmm? The but is what is the reward for being the number one seed? What is the reward for winning the most games in your league? You get home field advantage. You get home field advantage. You don't get throughout it all. the throughout the postseason. Right, that's what you get. But you also, instead of playing the potential number one no, best gonna, wild card team, uh, okay, but like you're playing the two three in the one winner. I got I got what you're saying, but what I'm saying is the reward for being the best record in baseball is to have home field advantage to the playoffs. That's it. We're not adding on, and you get this, and you get this. Ain't Christmas. Well, I'm also giving them less time off, right? Because it's only matter. one wild card. So game if they played. want the worst seed, then we'll change that. But then you don't get home field advantage, right? You can't have it all. And so that's the reward of winning the most games is you get home field advantage. The structure after that, like we can't just we can't cater to one team getting all the perks just because they had the best record. I don't think personally. All I'm saying is I think everyone's agreeing on the fact that throughout a 162 game season, there needs to be a great reward for being the best team. And if it's just home field advantage, that's one thing, but it should also be against the, the competition that you play. Like, it just doesn't work like that in other sports. Like, it doesn't work like that where the Braves, who won, you know, the most games in Major League Baseball at 104, have to play a 90-win team that had the third best record in, in, in the National League in, the, in the, their first postseason game. Like, think, or the, the, the fourth, I guess, because the Brewers. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's fair? Like, I, listen, and, and Stephen A. Smith used to always tell me, fair is a place... Where they award pigs. <laughs> That's the only thing that fair means. But I, I I I sympathize with these top teams. Now I have the Phillies, so I'm happy. 
I got the Diamondbacks, so I'm happy. I got the Rangers, so I'm happy. But I sympathize with those top teams. Because after the grueling season, I'd be upset if my opponent was a team that everyone's picking to go to the World Series as opposed to maybe a lesser team. But again, if you look at all these rosters, none of these teams are really a lesser opponent. You know, of course. We might downplay, They're all talented. We might downplay some of them, but every one of them has two legit starting pitchers, and they all have a pretty loaded offense, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not really a lesser, you know, you know, one of them might have had, like, injuries throughout the course of the season at a wrong time that caused them to lose some games, but then people got healthy. I mean, and, and, and we've already talked about it. Like, the last thing I want to do as a team who's clinched early and took a lot of time off and got a break is play a team that's had to fight to the very end to get in. It's the last thing I want anyway. That's it's true. already a massive yeah. disadvantage. What did you make of, you mentioned the Phillies. We talked about it blowing the lead last night. Ugh. Jeff Hoffman, this is a crazy stat. And tell me about this from a pitcher's perspective. First of all, did you watch the the the, the Riley home run? Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, oh, it was a mistake pitch. Didn't it look like he just like emergency hacked through his bat at the ball and it went out? Like yeah. it didn't look like a home run swing, right? No, but have you ever seen how big Riley is? I understand that. He's a monster. He's a monster. Here's the, here's the crazy stat from, from last night. Here's the thing. It's, it goes back to that pitch that uh, Zach Gallon threw J.D. Martinez on an 0-2 pitch, and he tried to back-to-back change-ups in, which you, I don't know why we'd ever throw change-ups into hitters. And it gives them a chance to, to just get their hands to it, and especially J.D., who fights his hands inside so well. It doesn't matter if I—it's like a lefty. Anytime you throw down and into a lefty, they ha- mm-hmm. they get to just drop the bat on it because of the way we run and the way their swings are. It's the most dangerous place in the world to pitch is down and into a lefty. That pitch was soft and out over, and even if Austin Riley got fooled, he still stayed balanced and got extended. Yeah. And so the velocity of the pitch is always going to factor in, and then Austin is such a, a, an enormously massive, strong dude that once he stays balanced and gets extended, all he has to do is flip his bat at it. Well, that's so, what he did. W- do I think it's a mistake pitch? I mean, you got to see how we let up well, to get to that pitch. Let me tell you about this, why it's yeah. not a mistake pitch. Jeff Hoffman had allowed only one home run the entire season on a slider. Austin Riley had only one hit all season on low and outside sliders. It was down the middle. This was, It was a low and outside okay. slider that he hit for the home run. So you had – it was the right pitch. You had a guy who only hit the ball. I got one base hit this year off that pitch, and you had a pitcher that had only allowed one home run off that pitch. And so it was the right pitch. Like, I'm not going to fault Real Muto for calling that pitch. It was the right pitch, and Riley threw his bat at it. And do you think it was an executed pitch? Let's look at this right now. They probably could have. It's middle in. If anything, it's right down the middle. Okay, so I want you to watch this. Left it up a little bit. Unpause this. Okay. And play it and see where the dot is, where the pitch ends. It's right down the middle. Yeah, I don't go by the dot. Okay, well, look, look at the baseball then. Yeah, but look at where it was going. I don't care where it was going. It never got there. And that's my point. Watch this. There we go. Yeah, it stayed in. It's right down the middle. It yeah, and, and so middle. what happens is, is these yeah. sliders. It was low. <laughs> these sliders are supposed to, they're supposed to go and then take, in our case, right-handed pitchers, a left turn. That ball just spun and backed up. Yeah. So I've always said it. Jose Bautista disagrees to an extent. I've always said the balls that go the furthest are back are backup sliders because that ball is supposed to tighten up and take a left turn on me and go down. What happens is, is when I do something wrong, it spins and backs up. That spin, that reverse spin that it creates, and when you hit the bat, it creates more backspin on the ball that makes it fly. Those balls, to me, go further than any ball ever when you hang a slider. But Tisa thought the sinkers that were supposed to, if I'm supposed to throw a sinker down and away and it runs across, he mm-hmm. thought the cross seam on that, because it's not going to its designed area, it's fading across the plate, he thought those balls went further. Because of the same format, the same idea, the same premise that the spin isn't doing what it's supposed to do. And again, for him, it's supposed to, it's designed just to go here and it ends here. So then it had to come out of his designation at some point. It wasn't designed to do that. So it loses life and kind of sits there. That's I can what that, see that's his, what that happens. I can see his philosophy because in, in, in his argument, the rotation of the ball is going towards yep. him. Yeah. And so when, and he, dying. when he makes contact with the ball, he's basically sending it with the rotation. Yes. 
And that's what happens on that as well. That, that spin okay. just kind of backs up, and then you you hit it, and it just continues to create more backspin. So the two pitches are very similar in that regard. Mm-hmm. And so that pitch, I mean, I promise you, Hoffman, as soon as he threw it, I bet if we asked him right now, as soon as he released it, he knew he was in trouble. Damn. As soon as he yeah. threw it. Got to see it again. Which is crazy because he's been so effective on that yeah. pitch all season. And it's, Riley's okay, been so, and, so, and here, Riley sucked on that pitch But here's all the other thing we have to take into consideration here, which I think people don't. There's two outs in a 3-2 count. Mm-hmm. I always say this. Who's going to wait out who? That's how we win these battles. Yeah. Am I going to wait out the hitter and be willing to always make my pitch and he's, I'll either walk him or he's chasing my stuff or I actually locate it perfectly, but I'm not giving in. Or is he willing to wait me out and be like, you know what? I'm going to make him make a pitch. And if he doesn't come to this spot, so be it. I'll either strike out looking or he's going to walk me. But unless he throws this spot, I'm not swinging. Who's going to wait out who? He didn't want to walk Austin Riley in this situation. No, because he didn't want to pitch to Olsen. Correct. Exactly. Or he didn't want to get pulled for a lefty. So what did he do? He throws a slider to finish in the strike zone because he didn't want to walk him. So instead of throwing his best slider that looks like a fastball and breaks off, the willingness to take that chance, he wasn't willing to do it. He throws a get-me-over slider because he didn't want to walk him. You know, I'm actually— paid the price. I'm, well, can we talk about the other thing that happened later in this game? The first ever 8-5-3 double play in postseason history I'm to, not mad to at end the game. Whoever's mad at Bryce Harper, I'm not mad I'm, at this I'm, at all. I'm not mad at Bryce Harper. I'm just saying, like— I have this. I, this is what I say, and I'll, I'll, I'm going to preface my Bryce Harper point. This is what I always say to people when I've played baseball my entire life through college, and I play competitive softball now, travel around the country, play. I say, if you're fast enough to get to third, you're fast enough to score from second. Everyone always says, don't make the first or third out at third. I don't want to make any out at third. Mm-mm. Because if you're fast enough to go from first to third, or if you're fast enough as a batter to get a triple, you're fast enough to score from second on, on, on any hit. My point is, when you, like what Rob Thompson explained after the game, you're Bryce Harper. Why are you rounding second going to third there? As, what as, did Thompson as, say? You're never supposed to pass second. You just don't pass second there. As a base runner on any fly ball, I don't care if it's going to go oh, off the wall or not. I see what you're saying. You get to second base and you stand on second. Oh, I got you it. You stand there and you wait. Because you know what? If he catches the ball, you turn around and go back to first and you're safe. If he drops the ball... If you think you're fast enough to get to third, you're fast enough to probably score from there from second base. So Harper rounds second and then gets caught up having to go back to first. Because you know what happens when you round second base? You have to then retouch up second base the best and thing, then go to first. The, the best thing that, that would have been for Harper is if the second baseman or the shortstop actually cut that ball. But it getting to the third I know, baseman, it got to Riley, who was in great position. Riley being such a heads-up, but again, yeah. he had a home run, so now defensively you're in a better spot. I know, and happens. you know what? He said he wasn't even, like, thinking about, like, backing up the throw. He was just screaming, one, 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 one. And, and his, like, his momentum, momentum just carried him towards first base because he's he's pointing, yeah. one, one, one. Makes sense. And so the ball just gets past uh, Albies, and he's like, whoops, and he picks it up and throws well, it to first. The other thing is, and this is why we, this is why spring training is so important. We don't do this any other time, and this is why, like, it's it shouldn't be, and it is in today's game. I'm telling you, with the Blue Jays, we did more PFP defensive backup work than anybody yeah. I've ever seen. And it's, it's such a lost art. And I see it all day. I watched a guy for uh, Arizona not be able to fill his position yesterday on Mookie Betts. And it was embarrassing, right? Mm. Um, the, the pitcher on that situation doesn't go to second base because I have too many guys there, right? So where do I go? I'm going to back up third in case that ball falls. But really yes. what I'm doing is I'm going between third and home. Because I don't know if he's going to get to third if it falls. I don't know if he's going to get if he's going to score. So I got to be able to get to those positions. I don't care about backing up first because the reality is he's probably not going there. And if that throw goes to first, my catcher's going to go there. So then I'll just divert to home and become the catcher, right? Mm-hmm. So my job is to get in between third and short or third and home. And so when Austin Riley can now go to second if he wants, and I can just become the third baseman. Yeah, like we have, we're backing each other up the whole time. Now that stuff is lost in our game. We don't practice that enough, so it gives Riley the opportunity to do that anyway. Now, now again, he said he didn't intentionally do that, but he still was in the right spot. Here's my thing about Bryce. You're down one in 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 the the last inning facing one of their better pitchers. Or you know, I think Iglesias blows a lot of games, but <laughs> one of their better pitchers. He's thinking about scoring and tying the game there, and so the chances of Michael Harris catching that ball are not good. With so, that said, so that ball, if you're looking at Statcast, it would have been a home run in five ballparks. 
There it is. And there's that. Statcast gave it an expected batting average of six ten. And they know that. So Bryce knows he can feel that when the ball is hit. They've done this enough. He knows how hard that ball is hit. Now, and he sees Harris going back on it, and Harper's thinking it's over his head. It's going to be off. And the I don't care. There's thirty major league center fielders. There's pr- and they'll all say they can make that play, mm-hmm. but I'd say there's probably twenty five who can't. Mm-hmm. Michael Harris is the one dude who makes it all the time. He is a genius like Mike Trout on playing the wall. He's very good at it. I also think them being at home helped because if that ball was hit in Philadelphia, ball, yeah, first of all, it's a home run. But also, if, yeah. it's, if it's a different ballpark, he's not as comfortable with how much room he has where he's playing. So he, when that ball is hit and he turns around and starts going back to the wall, he knows this is my home ballpark. I know exactly where I am on the field. The, you're, the only mistake Bryce made was the point you made. Going past sh- second. Don't round second. second. Don't round. There's no reason to because round again, second. Because again, even if that ball falls, it's going to hit off the wall and something. So worst case is I'm standing at third. There's a good chance I'm scoring anyway. He's going to run through the stop sign and score. Yeah, that's that's the thing though. I always tell people if you're fast enough to get to third, you're fast enough to score from second. And I don't care about that. What I do care about is this is 100. percent And I talk about muscle memory so much. Bryce Harper ran the stop sign the other day and it worked out. Mm-hmm. So in his head. It's going to work out again. <laughs> it's going to work out again, right? Yeah. He had he had already, and he didn't have that thought during this, but he had already preconceived that notion in his brain somewhere, mm-hmm. and so he just instinctively goes. All right, let's preview the games, and we'll start with tonight's games in the uh, American League Division Series, which gets underway. He can't uh, tag on that. You can't no, tag. Can't You're tag. right. You go to second and stop. You, you can't tag. Yeah, 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 I got you. You know, every once in a while, I'll be sitting at home and saying, what are we going to cook for dinner? What are we going to cook for it? My wife says, I don't know. And then guess what happens? Omaha Steaks comes by and drops meat off on my front porch and makes all the decisions that much easier, Scott. Meat to your front porch? Can't beat it, baby. Doesn't get better than that. I had the meatballs last night, and they were delicious, man. It was easy to cook, reheat in the oven, and bang, dinner is served. It's steaks, it's chicken, it's pork chops, it's it's meatballs, like you said. They've got sides, so much great stuff. Guys, they've got a great sale going on right now. The Omaha Steak semi-annual sale is here. It's a sale so nice, they only do it twice. Score mouth-watering savings on all your Omaha Steaks favorites with 50% off site-wide during that semi-annual sale going on right now. From tender, juicy steaks to big, beefy burgers, scrumptious sides, decadent desserts, and so much more, now's the perfect time to grab all your favorites. Plus, get an extra $30 off when you use our promo code VEGAS at checkout, and every purchase is backed by their unconditional money-back guarantee. Simply go to omahasteaks.com and shop the semi-annual sale today. That's omahasteaks.com, promo code VEGAS at checkout. Minimum purchase may apply. What's good, everybody? I'm Gerard Hector, host and executive producer of the True Hoop Podcast. You can catch me and the godfather of basketball player development, Coach David Thorpe, every Monday and Thursday, talking all things NBA. I talked to a player recently who made a jump shot with like one or two seconds to go in the game because of point differential. And he had to think about it for a minute. And he's like, I let that bitch fly. Boom, he made it. He was happy. <laughs> Whatever. Search for the True Podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe. Rate and review us. That's T-R-U-E-H-O-O-P. Catch us every Monday and Thursday. Take care. Uh, this game is going to be going on uh pretty soon by the time you're listening to this podcast so if this game already started just fast forward a few minutes and we'll get to the Orioles and the Rangers so it's nice I'm like talking you through this as you're listening to this podcast uh, Astros at the Twins Christian Javier Sonny Gray Sonny Gray and the Twins are a minus 130 favorite you saw the way that ballpark was during the wild card series do you think the home crowd gives the Twins enough juice to get the win here I don't know I'm so confused on this series I mean I thought I thought Houston was going to play better. I didn't expect them to lose at home to Minnesota. Again, they hadn't played well at home. I, I don't know how. I don't trust Javier. I mean, he went six scoreless his last start. But and Sonny Gray was incredible in the wild card game. Sonny's been great all year. But past that, Javier basically gives up four every game. Right? So, what is it? Let me tell me. We got a dream scenario where they put Javier at five and a third innings pitch. So, we'll bet the under. Um, I don't know. I just I don't trust Javier. Sonny Gray has been a different person. We used to never be able to bet, bet Sonny Gray versus good teams. He's not that guy anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he's on rotation on five days. Th- this is tough. I I have a hard time backing the Minnesota Twins ever, but I understand why they're the favorite. I really do. 
So for the series, Astros are minus 120. Twins are even money for the series. The problem is, is if they have to go past, basically we saw it with Olber. I bet him under. Of course he goes under. We can know that's going to happen. So if Sonny Gray and Lopez don't win every game they pitch, they don't have a chance to win is the reality of this. That's well, Lopez thing. got them the win in game two. If yeah. Gray gets them the win here in game three, odds are they're going to win the series. I mean, you still think Houston can win Game Four and then go back I mean, to Houston just win Game deeper, Five, right? They're just deeper. Javier, they need Javier today. If God, they go, if they him. if they go to Game Five, does Houston win in five? Well, when's JV coming back? Because he's going to have to step his game up like he did, and that's kind of why they have him. So Verlander pitched on Sunday, mm-hmm. so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday would be normal rest, and we have Game Three tonight, Game Four is going to be on uh, tomorrow, and then it would be Verlander on Friday in Game 5. Who's got the nod tomorrow? So tomorrow is, let's see, no announced pitcher. No announced. Yeah, nothing just yet, but um, you got to assume if it's going to, if it's, dude, Hunter Brown, J.P. France, I mean, where do you want to go, right? And who are they going back with? That's the other thing, too, right? I don't know, also, I think yeah. Minnesota has, I think... I think Minnesota needs to win tonight. I think the Astros have the advantage tomorrow for sure. And then I, you know, you know, and then you the don't, Astros in Game Five. With yeah, Verlander. you don't want to get back to Verlander. You mm-hmm. can't. So, it, they. I mean, Minnesota has to win this game. I think the best thing for Houston is to try to get Sonny Gray's pitch count up. You know, kind of don't give in to him. They only threw five innings in that wild card game. Yeah, they're. I mean, again, they have short leases. Minnesota's not the greatest. I thought it was handling pitchers. That's why, again, I just don't think this team is. I think they were a byproduct of a bad division. They also have, I mean, yeah, they also have a flamethrower in Duran in their bullpen. Yeah, that's fun, huh? It's 101 miles per hour. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. (laughs) Trust me, I know. I I like the Twins. I like the Twins. I really do. Um, I just think the home crowd is electric, and uh, I'm going to back Sonny Gray in this one. Um, Let's go to the Orioles and Rangers. uh, Let me pull this up real quick. Since we got this going on this game, I want to pull up the prop bets right quick. And this is just at one book. This is just the book that I have on my phone, which is Circa. But I want to pull up the prop bets, pro baseball, MLB. Oh, by the way, let's go back to this. Grand Salami won it again yesterday under 16 and a half. I like so it. two games, 17 and a half. And you're giving me, again, all these well, guys. The, I understand the reason why I like the it's under. It's American League tonight. I get it. The reason why I like the under is because uh, we'll talk about this next game, Orioles and Rangers. I like the under in that game. But we'll get, we'll get into that okay. a little further. Uh, so I had it again yesterday, uh-huh. um, and it went under, which is great. That's been a bet that's come through a lot lately. Mm-hmm. And you and I have talked about that bet a lot. Okay, so here we go. Um, Run scored, run scored, K's. Javier, four and a half K's. Sonny Gray, four and a half K's. Javier's favored to the over at minus 130. Sonny Gray's favored to the under at minus 155. Sonny Gray struck out six uh, Blue Jays last in the wildcard game. Yeah, he's good, dude. So four and a half on both those I'm okay with. Uh, I'll look at it a little bit deeper. Outs recorded. Sonny Gray, five innings even. That's what he went in the wildcard. Five even. Javier, 13 and a half. So four and a third. Yeah. Four and a third. I wouldn't touch that, but but I understand the short leash. I understand it. And it's favored to the under big time. Yeah. I understand. Which makes sense because it happens a lot with this kid. Yep. It happens a lot. So unless he goes out there and is putting up zeros, he's not getting to five. So against this Astros lineup, Sonny Gray, uh, 131 total at bats. The guy who's had the most at bats against him is Jose Altuve. At 36 at-bats. Abreu's had 29 at-bats. Makes sense. Abreu playing for Chicago. Only one home run allowed, and that was to Jose Abreu. He has struck out 35 uh, in 131, struck out 35. So the Astros lineup is batting collectively 260 against him, with the highest batting average being Altuve's 333. Altuve, 12 hits and 36 at-bats against Gray. And then you have seven hits and 29 at-bats for Jose Abreu. This is going to sound silly, but... Altuve is a very short dude. Sonny Gray pitches in the bottom of the zone a lot. I bet uh, Jordan Alvarez struggles against him. Let's see. Alvarez, uh, one hit and five at-bats. Makes sense. Yeah, one strikeout. He struck out Abreu 10 times in 29 at-bats. I like Gray over the strikeouts. Let's do that. Plus money. Yeah, let's do Gray over Plus the Plus 135. All right, let's talk about game two tonight because I, I, got, a, I got a good lean on the under nine between the Orioles and the Rangers. Nathan Uvalde was incredible in the wild card so game. Good, six and two thirds, eight strikeouts, zero walks, only one run allowed on six hits against an incredible hitting team in the Tampa Bay Rays. 
the way that the Orioles have looked so far this postseason, you know, losing. I mean, they put up a ton of runs in game two, so good, good fight back. But they're down 0-2. They're playing with desperation. A young team like that will tighten up. And I think the Rangers have the edge on that because they're going to play loose. They're home. They're up two games to none. So I think that the Orioles tighten up a little bit, grip the bats a little tighter. I think that that's going to help Yavaldi shut down this lineup. You, want, you ready for these? Nathan Yavaldi, mm-hmm. over four and a half Ks. Love it. Even money. Love or it. Or minus 110. Yep. Nathan Yavaldi, over 15 and a half outs recorded, plus 135. Will he go more than five innings? Yes. 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 I agree. There's no reason for them to dip into their bullpen early because unless they're up two games throttled, throttled, unless I agree. Unless he gets rocked, yeah. And I don't think I don't and see him. He has been one of the best post game pitchers yeah. that we've seen, right? Ready for this one? Dean Kramer. Guess <laughs> guess his outs recorded. It's gonna be low because they're down two games to none, so the short leash is gonna be there. Guess. I'm outs s- recorded. I'm gonna say three, six, nine, twelve. I'll go twelve. Nine and a half. Nine and a half. They think he's only gonna go three. Th- three and a third? Three. The half is just, yeah, okay, so three and three is the over. All right, I'm going over because I think Dean Kramer's pitching. Minus 150. I agree. I, I think, think Dean Kramer's over. pitching a gem today. Guess what his strikeouts are? If it's if his thing is low, his strikeout's going to be low. Three and a half. Three and a half, yeah. Go over. Over. I think Dean Kramer pitches a I'm gem I'm taking tonight. those on principle. I'm taking those all overs. Kramer's pitching a gem tonight. And I, this is why I like the under. Kramer, uh, he is their guy. He's going to be the stopper. 13 and five during the regular season. He's got a lot on his mind right now. He's got family back in Israel, and, and there's a lot going on there, obviously, with the conflict in Gaza. So he's his his mind might be elsewhere, elsewhere, but I think he locks in tonight, and I think that this, this is going to be a low-scoring game. I know these are two high-scoring teams. Maybe go instead of – maybe go a first five under instead of a full game under if you're worried about that. Maybe the bullpens give up some runs to these lineups later in the games. But I think that – Yavaldi's going to pitch well. I think Kramer's going to pitch well. And I think this is a low-scoring start between these two teams in a game where the Orioles are fighting for their season. This is the lowest I have seen these totals. Nine and eight? Or just this game in particular? Just nine, yeah. three innings. It's the lowest I've seen. And I get it. You know, you and I know it. But I feel like this is an overreaction, an overcorrection by the book. What's the first five total at? Oh, let's go there. It's going to be four and a half, right? Five. Five? Give me the under five in the first five tonight. That's the best bet for me. Orioles, Rangers, under five, first five. And if I get smoked, it's because the Rangers are smoking Kramer. It's not because Yavaldi's going to give up a ton of runs to the Orioles. Yeah. That's the way I feel. Rangers are minus 135. Orioles are plus 114. Okay, let's get to tomorrow's games. You're, you're right. So five innings on Yavaldi on a team that's 2-0. Yeah. and oh, Yeah. They're going to have a little bit longer leash. Of course. Save the bullpen. You don't need them. Save them. I mean, you want three and zero. You want to win this at home. I got it. But, yeah. And I, I got what I guess logic. You have the cushion it. of game four at home. If you lose this game, you're okay. You have game four at home. God, if they pulled Kramer after three, let's say he put it. I mean, if those three scoreless, it's a given, right? But yeah, he stays in. What's it, his? I guess Kramer when he struggles, it's in the first inning. Seems like to me. Well, let's three see. innings, dude. He's going more than that. Kramer's pitching a gem tonight. Okay. All right. Let's go to tomorrow's games: Braves, Phillies. And Dodgers, Diamondbacks. Boy, if I told you the Dodgers season is on the line and they have Lance Lynn on the mound, <laughs> how do you feel about the Dodgers season? Well, they got fought opposing him, and we know they're pulling fought early. We proved that. Fought had the jitters, even though he punched out the side in the first inning in Milwaukee. He had the jitters. He was up. The thing about fought is... God, he abandoned pitching. He went fastball slider only. He he stopped throwing in. He never threw his changeup. Like he's gonna have to like like dial back pitching again because that's not gonna work mm-hmm. against this team. Uh, Lance Lynn, look at the totals ten. <laughs> ten. Yeah, that's funny. Excellent reaction to the Arizona offense too, I guess. But you know that first game off of Clayton. Oh, wow. Uh, Dodgers are big favorites at minus 140 on the road. Yep. Um, minus 148 up on DraftKings. I think the Diamondbacks close it out. God, I don't like the Dodgers. Uh, no, I just keep betting against them. Great lineup. The pitching is just Lance Lynn sucks. And you know what's going to happen is the Diamondbacks have scored in the first inning in both of the games this series. They're going to score again in the first inning against Lance Lynn. And then they're going to pull Lance Lynn after like one and two-thirds innings. 
They're going to have the bullpen in in the second inning, and it's going to be uh, maybe the Dodgers' bullpen gets it done, but it's going to be a real short leash. It's going to be a dangerous game for Lance Lynn and, and the Dodgers. The Diamondbacks, they have a sellout tomorrow. They're playing with confidence. They're a fun team. They're a young team, and they feel disrespected, and I think they're going to they're gonna sweep the Dodgers. They're going to sweep them right out of the postseason. Take the Diamondbacks plus. Like, this is what I did yesterday. I didn't need it, but I did it. I took the plus a run and a half, and I'll do it again tomorrow. Diamondbacks plus one and a half minus 130. They don't even have – they don't even have a number on Diamondbacks winning three games. They have it in four and five. They don't even have it in in three or – No, because five. that's minus 148. That's it. That's the, Oh, so I got what you're saying. That's the number. Yeah, they got to win the game. That's it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good call by you. Diamondbacks are minus 600 to win the series. Dodgers plus 450 on the comeback. Philly's blowing that game yesterday. It was massive. Yeah. Yep. Massive. But they still have home field advantage. Let's talk about that. Massive. So Aaron Nola goes in game three. So keep in mind, there's three games left in this series. Two of them are in Philadelphia. And it'll be Aaron Nola. And the Braves don't even know. This is the thing. And here's what I have to ask you. The Braves haven't announced a pitcher yet. It's either going to be Bryce Elder or A.J. smith Shaver. Okay. Do they already know who's pitching the game? Yes. So either Bryce Elder or A.J. smith Shaver has already been told by Snitker that they're starting the game. I believe so, yeah. I mean, they're both preparing the same way, but yes, I believe they have. What happens? No one's going to call me tomorrow morning on the start of the day of the game. No, 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 but like later tonight. I, like, I think they already know. You think they already know? I think know. worst case is they go to practice today and it's discussed, but I think they already know. Okay. So I think you- everybody already knows. All right. It's not like it's, it's the manager's not going to yeah, announce it's it. He's, the gamesmanship. Just, it's, if the deadline, if the deadline is five p.m. to announce it, they're going to wait till the well, deadline. I'm not going out of my way scouting. to go find whoever to tell them who's pitching tomorrow. Like it's going to yeah. be, I'll tell them when they ask me. But from a pitcher's perspective, both both pitchers have to be prepared, like they are preparing yeah, on their schedule. This to isn't. Start. People can take offense to this. This isn't amateur baseball. This isn't dumb college programs who think, oh, I'm not going to tell my pitcher to the day of because we don't want him nervous, so we don't want him thinking about it, and I want to surprise him. No, that doesn't work. That's the dumbest thing. We need to prepare mentally, but more importantly or equally, we need to prepare physically. Mm-hmm. I have to get my arm and my body in the right place to be able to give the best I can. And mentally, I need to prepare everything I need to prepare notes-wise to be ready for this team. So as professional baseball players at the major league level, we let each other know ahead of time so the preparation is there. We don't wait to that day to surprise each other unless something bad happens. Somebody shows up that day and be like, bro, I'm sick as heck and I can't go. And then I'm like, all right, what are we going to do? Yo, JT, here's the deal. And then all of a sudden, but that's not this case. Like, again, I'm thinking about like when Gil Patterson came to the back of the plane one day and he's like, uh, I don't know if I told you this, and, and I knew something was up. It was towards the end of the season. I guess it was the end of the season. It was the last day of the season, I think it was. I'm not sure. Some last series. And Gil comes walking in the back of the plane, and I knew something was up. And he looks at me, and I was like, what are you doing back here? This is like players in the back, coaches in the front. And he said, we need somebody to pitch this game, and we don't have anybody, and I know it's early rest for you. It was like three days for me or four days for mm-hmm. me. And to me, that's not a big deal, but I got it. And I remember saying, yeah, I'll do it, but there's one stipulation. You guys cannot come to the mound and take me out. I'll let you know when I'm finished. <laughs> and our season was already over, right? I'll let you know when I'm finished. So I don't care how many pitches I throw. I don't care. Like, if 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 I'm going to do this favor, I'm getting a complete game, basically, is what I was telling them. And they said, deal. We'll let you do whatever you want. Um, and that was never announced, right? I knew this days in advance, but it didn't get announced to the day of the game who was pitching. Mm. Right? And, and that's how it kind of goes. So we'll have either Elder or Shaver in this game tomorrow. And think about that. If I'm coming back early, I'm not throwing a bullpen. Yeah. And if, if I have an well, extra day, I might throw two. So Strider had seven innings on Saturday. Good. He might come back for game four on Thursday. Possibly, yeah. If the season's on the line. Yes. If they're up two games to one, they'll hold Strider for game five on Correct. Saturday because that'll be normal rest. Yep. And if they're down two to one, they're starting Strider on Thursday. Yes, 100%. Here's a little stat for you. When the division series under the current format, 2-2-1, right? When that series has been tied after the first two games with the the team that's going home for the next two, so in this, this would be the Phillies, and also it would be the Twins. 
those teams, those home teams, have won 28 of 42 times, 67%. Mm. And it makes sense. They have the home field advantage now. By getting the split on the road, you stole home field advantage. There's three games left in the series, and the first two are at home. So I think the Phillies are in a great spot, and I think that the Twins are in a great spot. Right now, Braves minus 135 to win the series. Phillies plus 115 to win the series. And as far as Game 3 is concerned, the Phillies with Aaron Nola on the mound, minus 122. The Braves plus 102 with likely Elder and smith Shaver, a combination of the two of them. Could you have got the Braves at plus money after Game 1? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's what yeah. you want to do in these series, right? Yeah. Just try to find plus plus and call it a day? Yeah. How, how will we make money? Yeah, you could have gotten the Braves at plus money because they were down and the Phillies had to win two of the next four games and two of them were at home. 100%. And you had Wheeler on the mound in game two and Nola in game three. I mean, the Phillies were set up beautifully. It was such a wasted opportunity that they lost that game last night. Oh, my God, it's massive. Massive. Because they would have swept. They would have swept. Nola tomorrow would have swept them. Now, if Nola has a bad game and the Braves win, and everything's in the Braves' favor because, like we said, they could pitch – you know, Smith Shaver in game four and then or, or piecemeal it together with the bullpen, and then you'll have Strider in game five if necessary. It's not a spot you kind of want to be in, right? No. Go, go, going against Strider in game five. So you got Suarez back. Yeah. I, I think it's it's almost you never want to call it a must win because it's not a must win unless your season's on the line. It's a must win for the Orioles. It's a must win for the Dodgers. I feel like it's a must win for the Phillies. Because they can't go down 2-1. They need to ride that home crowd, that momentum, that energy that they have at the bank. And they need Aaron Nola to step up in this performance. And the starting pitching has been great. Suarez was great. Wheeler was great. Nola has to be great. Sometimes it's easier to channel the negative energy than the positive. So if I'm Atlanta, I'm going to get murdered, right, by the fans of Philadelphia. We all know all they do is cuss and yell and scream at you. Mm -hmm. We know that. They're they're, they're bad, man. Um, It's almost easier to dismiss that. And stay because now I'm rallied around just my guys because it's us against everybody. And then it's almost like sometimes the reverse effect is I have all this positive energy and I want to do so well for the fans who have our backs that you almost try to do too much. Mm-hmm. That could be a factor as well. Um, I don't know. Man, it's, what a great series this is. Who would you bet to win the World Series right now at the current market price? Let me give you the numbers on the current market. The Braves are the favorite at plus 300, Rangers plus 330, Astros plus 450, Phillies plus 550, Diamondbacks plus 650, Twins plus 800, Dodgers 17 to 1, Orioles 28 to 1. You know what's crazy is like the Dodgers at 17 to 1, but I don't think they win. Can't. I don't even think they win. Today, let alone winning tomorrow, th- or tomorrow, let alone winning three straight games in this series. When you said that, the two things that came to mind were Texas and Atlanta. Although, well, Texas, I like to it. me, Texas makes the most sense because they're already up 2 0. You said win the World Series. Right? Yeah, I know. a lot of games have at least, that, but right? at least we know that they're going to be in the next round. Potentially, right? Yeah, I yeah. got you. The Braves are just split and they're going to Philadelphia. I know they're favored to win the series against Philly, but I, I like Philly. I think, the, to me, the bet is Philadelphia, plus 550. I think by losing that game last night, you got a better number on Philly to win the World Series now. I think the Rangers are better than the Twins. I think the Rangers are better than the Astros. I think the Phillies get by the Braves. They're going to they're gonna take care of the Diamondbacks, and they're going to go to the back to the World I think whoever wins that series is going to the World Series. What Braves and yeah. Braves and of course whoever wins that series yeah it's going Di- to Diamondbacks series. Diamondbacks the Diamondbacks if they win against the Dodgers that's their World Series they made it to the playoffs they won their World Series by beating the Dodgers yeah they're gonna celebrate that there'll be a champagne celebration do you like that by the way champagne celebrations after every round winning every <laughs> I have round I've thought about this a lot okay I have thought about this a lot and share I don't know. Okay. I'm so neutral on it because you're right. It's like, oh, I celebrated getting into the postseason. I got now. That. I celebrated winning a wild card series. We set our goal. So then we now I celebrate winning, winning the divisional round. Yeah. Now I celebrate winning. I can understand celebrating winning the, the division or no, getting not, not into the, the playoffs. I, I uh, that was our first goal. Okay. I, I understand that. And it was a that. long season, so I appreciate that celebration more than probably any of them. There should only be three celebrations: one, clinching a playoff spot; two, 
winning the pennant, and three, winning the World Series. That's it. You should not celebrate winning a wild card round, and you should not celebrate winning the divisional round. That's my take. I want. I can. I. I can. I can get on board with that. But I promise I you. I promise you. When the Diamondbacks, I'm not saying if, when the Diamondbacks beat the Dodgers tomorrow and sweep them, there will be a massive celebration. For sure. Like they won the World Series. The crowd's going to be incredible. They're probably going to be like running around the ballpark giving high fives to their fans. You know? <laughs> it's going to be one of those type things. And it would be the best if some team didn't celebrate. They're like, this is no. their first home game. Think about this. They played the games in Milwaukee. Then they swept them. Mm-hmm. Then they had the two games in L.A. This is... A playoff game at home now with this young team, they're going to be running around the stadium, slapping high fives, celebrating after beating the Dodgers. They got to go pay rent, they and then they're going to get and then they're going to get swept <laughs> by forgot. either the Phillies or the, or the Braves. They forgot to up their lease for an extra month. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sellout crowd. It's going to be like if you, that, gonna, that's a huge ballpark. A sellout crowd their, in that ballpark is a huge ballpark. They're going to find all their stuff on the streets. They forgot to pay rent. Oh, that's funny. I'm telling you, they're going to celebrate after beating the Dodgers. And it's going to be bad news when the Phillies or Braves sweep them. So I'll take the Phillies at plus five fifty, or the Braves at three to one to win the World Series right now. Yeah, I, I can get on board with that. Yep, that's what we're looking at. All right, Josh, we'll be back uh, after the division series concludes as we get ready for the NLCS and the ALCS. And uh, I'll, I'll stick to my picks. I'll go Phillies, Diamondbacks in the NLCS, and we'll go Rangers. Against, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I like the Twins tonight. Houston to win the series. Verlander wins in Game Five. Okay. All right. All right. So Rangers. It'll be an All Texas affair in the AL. It'll be an All NL East in the NL. And we'll get back to you once those series begin. Get you ready for everything going on there with the uh, championship series. For former Major League pitcher Josh Towers, I'm Scott Seidenberg. Reminding you, you can still save money at pregame.com using our promo code RING20. It's good for a couple more days. RING20 gets you 20% off at pregame.com. If you want to jump on board a Major League Baseball postseason package, I got a postseason package available right now at pregame.com. Gets you every play for the remainder of the postseason. And uh, I just want to just go through my postseason plays because I've only lost one. Let's go. My only postseason loss so far in Major League Baseball was the Rays to win the wild card series. Mm -hmm. That was it. Yep. But we had Diamondbacks to win the one game, Phillies to win, Phillies to win the series. So here's the record. We we started off with the one loss with the Rays to win the series. We have gone one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight straight winners with one pending on the Phillies to win the series. And that's just the games. And those are just the games. Yeah. So, so undefeated undefeated on the games, one loss on the Rays to win the wild card series. We have Phillies pending to win this series, and we like a bunch of props that we've given out already on this podcast. So jump on board, save 20% at pregame.com. Use the promo code RING20. We hot. We staying hot. It's the Major League Baseball postseason here brought to you by pregame.com.